Welcome to another enlightening episode of Mind the Resilience, your go-to podcast for insights on resilience in today's ever-changing world. I am your host Ramki and today we delve into a riveting discussion with a distinguished guest Thomas Bowling. In this episode, we explore the profound essence of leadership amidst challenges, taking you on an in-depth journey through leadership in times of adversity. We also delve into the realm of enterprise resiliency architecture, focusing on its alignment with business objectives. And stay tuned for our resilience quickfire discussions where some of the answers are thought-provoking. Welcome to Mind the Resilience podcast. Uh, we have Thomas Bowling today. Thomas, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, Thomas. Thank you so much for accepting my invite and being in my podcast. Um, I have seen your LinkedIn profile. It's absolutely amazing with your experiences in resiliency. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be having a great conversation. So before we start our conversations on multiple things on resilience, Thomas, would you like to introduce yourself uh, to my audience? And after you have introduced, can you share something about personally about you, any hobbies, anything you wanted to share outside of your professional work? Absolutely. Uh, so Thomas Bowling, um, I've been working in, uh, I'm a, I'm, well, first I'm a military veteran uh, of the United States Navy. Uh, I've been working in technology in some degree uh, for half my career and the other half I've been working in uh, business continuity, business resilience in some in some sense. And what's interesting is whenever you're working in technology, mm. if you're doing a, a broad base of techno technology work, you are working in some respect in the resiliency space and technology. So True. you should be uh, because those concepts have uh, have a foundation within within the within the work that you're doing, most likely. So uh, so I've been working in, in that field for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. I live in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I have my own business uh, for consulting called uh, ABCDR Global. Good name. And uh, and I also do independent consulting uh, as I'm doing now for uh, for various organizations. Very nice. Any hobbies? Any interest outside of your work, Thomas? I'm a classical tenor, so I sing uh, I sing classical music. I also play piano, sing jazz, uh, pop, rock, folk. Just about uh, country, um, yeah. but yeah, and uh, and I enjoy cooking. So anything that has to do with music, um, theater, cooking, arts, mm -hmm. entertaining, uh, and then I also have done all the home renovations to my house. So I I do fine carpentry, right? Kind of get my fingers in just about anything creative. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you are a hands-on guy, like you do your own work and uh, you wanted to see that whatever things that comes up, it's, it's done from your own hand. Is it like, I have that feeling whenever I do that. Oh yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah, I mean, sure. challenge yourself, uh, spread sure. yourself out there and figure out something new to learn. Sure. Good. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, great introduction, Thomas. Um, so let's dive in into our topics. I wanted to discuss with you, Two very most important topics um, as we speak uh, now. Uh, the two main topics is on the leadership, right? And also mostly on the enterprise uh, resiliency, enterprise architecture resiliency, which you have shown keen interest on. So to begin with our conversation on the leadership, right? So I want to ask you, Thomas, 
how can leaders inspire and motivate their teams during the challenging times what are the key characteristics of a successful leaders in times of adversity and according to you how do you navigate uncertainty and you know you lead with confidence you wanted to give anything on that friend no no i'll 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 give you an answer and um and if i get off track or go down a road where you're not looking for the that particular answer then and I'm happy to, to shift gears a little bit. Sure. So leadership in times of adversity, what advice would I give to leaders or what would I give to junior people who are trying to become leaders? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the most important thing for people is to connect, mm. is to have the human connection, put the technology down, mm. put the distractions away, mm. connect and be present with the people that are in the room. Mm. You don't need to have 20 things that are it's distracting you from the present moment. People are our business. Any leader will know that people are their business Correct. and focusing on people will get the work done. If you inspire people, then they will manage themselves. If mm. you manage people, mm. then you are constantly stuck in a very quantitative process where it's, how many transactions, how many people, what are they doing? How am I measuring it? Yeah. And the humanity gets out of it. Uh, psychologically, if we inspire people, they will be more motivated mm. to make sure that things are done correctly. They'll be more motivated to make sure that they anticipate mm. the next need and start to address it. Mm. And then maintain a positive attitude. Mm. Leaders need to be mm. not falsely upbeat but positive about the outcome confident about the outcome that mm. we will persevere mm. when someone shows strength in leadership not false positivity but strength right. and confidence uh then it inspires others and puts others at ease right see one of the things thomas that i struggle right i mean um, personally i want to talk about is dealing with uncertainty right yep um you go ahead and then you wanted to be an inspiration to many people you wanted to lead from the front two key aspects that we always lack or we always show some level of disparity i would say is uncertainty in taking decisions uncertainty in in leading with confidence uncertainty in uh, in yourself like whether you are up to the mark or not like as a leader how do you Uh, you know you can you can call this as a syndrome right like um um uh, you know whether you are capable enough to be a leader or not how do you get that confidence going and ensure that your uncertainty of whatever you are talking about whatever you are thinking and being wanted to be a leader how do you effectively manage that and you know come out of those situations from your perspective okay uh so one thing is is that no person is atlas and that can hold up the world it is the people that you surround yourself with that create that create the the strength of a of a unified body uh you become one synergistic uh strength is knowing that you're surrounding yourself with people who can take care of of the minutia hmm. you take care of them they take care of the minutia and when i say minutia they take care of the the expertise required for certain areas mm. uh, when we say confidence 
we're not saying ego. Uh, and ego is, is, is a very dangerous tool. It's like having a dull, a dull saw blade or a dull knife and you're trying to cut something. You're going to do it, but it's, it's not going to be neat because ego gets in the way and ego causes problems. So if you put your ego away and you take a look at the situation and say, keep your eye on the North star, this is where we want to go. Uh, this is what I need to get there. This is where I don't have the knowledge. I'm not going to try and force that out of myself. I'm not going to try to pretend Mm. that I know something that I don't. Uh, if I do know something, though, mm. I'm going to be confident with it, and mm. I'm going to go forward with it. Mm. And I, I will listen to other opinions, of course, because yeah. learning is living. And if you're not learning, you're not living. And mm. nobody, nobody wins a football game with just a quarterback. Yeah, It's just the way it is. Uh, you need a coach. You need supporting coaches. You need team players. Everyone has their role. We just need to inspire people to all work together to get to the same thing. Mm, good points. Does that help? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it makes sense, a lot of sense to me, um, Thomas. <clears throat> I want to ask you or take this conversations forward on effective communication as a leader, <clears throat> right? So how do you handle communication with your team during difficult periods, right? And what channels of communication do you find most useful during the crisis situations? Because this is a podcast of resilience. So I wanted to talk more on the crisis management, right? So, and one of the key aspects of being a leader is being an effective communicator. Uh, I hope you agree with me, right? So how do you handle those intricacies and ensure that the communication is being sent across to the right team at the right time during the difficult periods, according to you, Thomas? Okay. Uh, so one is know your people Correct. and, and read the room. Uh, so uh, as, as I mentioned, I have a theater background, music background. Yeah. Uh, whenever you're performing, whenever you're, whenever you walk into a situation, especially in improv, improv is a great example. Uh, you're, you're in a situation, you have no idea what's going to be thrown at you. How mm. are you going to get through that process, through that improv? Uh, and get the positive results you're looking for. You want people mm -hmm. to laugh. You want people to cry if it's a if it's a if it's sad uh, sad drama or something. You want people right. to laugh. It's a comedy. You want people to be scared if it's a art. And <laughs> of course, you don't want people to be scared in a crisis. So uh, so one thing is is that you read the room mm -hmm. and you understand your team, understand mm -hmm. the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, you understand your team and. You're calm. You keep people on focus. You keep people on point. Uh, some rules that I have for managing, uh, for leading uh, mm -hmm. and managing a crisis is fair, firm, and impartial. Mm -hmm. Always be fair with your judgments. Mm -hmm. Always be firm with your convictions. Mm -hmm. And always be impartial uh, mm -hmm. with with whom you provide, ask to do things or whom you, you provide or delegate um, leadership or authority to in a situation. Mm. Uh, also, don't surprise people. Mm. And if you have something that you need to talk to someone about, do it separately. Praise in public, scold or provide corrective direction in private. I hate mm. to use the word scold in private, but corrective direction in private. Uh, and, and then help people in areas where they might 
be answering a question and struggling. Mm -hmm. You have to be really keen on where someone's knowledge ends mm -hmm. and where you might be able to help them out mm -hmm. and uh, provide cover for that. Mm -hmm. And when I say provide covers, don't allow someone to flounder. Yeah. Help them out and say, you know what, why don't we come back to that? And uh, I'll touch base with you offline on that, and then we can come back to the team. Mm -hmm. And then you go and you work with somebody. And sometimes it's just talking them out, talking them, talking it out with them, talking them through it, uh, because not everybody responds to crises in the same way. Correct. And th there are going to be times where I'm not in my best. I've just been traveling. I've got two hours of sleep. Something gets thrown at me. And... I'm going to expect my leaders mm. to notice yeah. and support me in the same way. Yeah. Exactly. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes. Um, I just wanted to add whatever you have said, uh, uh, Thomas, is that one of the things that we can also look into is the empathy, right? Uh, show empathy to the people that you are surrounded with, right? I mean, um, I'm just trying to quote an example of whatever you have just told. Like, we never know what the other person is going through, right? Uh, unless and until um, we are in their situation, right? So, talk with empathy and understand the real issues behind what someone is going through and then communicate accordingly. Now, there, is, there is always a popular saying, right? I mean, the straight trees are always cut first. Right. So always don't be a straight tree uh, where, um, you know, you you want to be flexible enough in whatever you are communicating, depending upon the people that you are interacting with. So empathy is one of the things that I think personally, right, uh, is something like you have to have as a leader and you should show that exclusively to your team members whom you are working on. Any thoughts on that? 100 uh, percent. No, that is there's something sorely lacking especially yeah. when you look at technology. Technology is ones and zeros. And a technology yeah. expert is going to talk to you, well, this is where it is. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. what I find is that that some technical experts lack the social skills to address a variety of audiences in a way where they're presenting the problem mm. and presenting a potential solution uh in a way where it encourages teamwork. Um, mm. Let's just say uh, empathy is an interesting word because yeah. empathy towards people is understanding and putting yourself in their shoes. Um, but but it, that requires you to be present. And it also requires a certain amount of an emotional intelligence. And unfortunately, that's something that I think that the isolation of the pandemic has caused to fall off a cliff. Yeah. And speaking is, is the other thing. Being able to communicate with people, being able to speak their language, being able to understand their culture, their approach to things, which mm. might be different. Uh, understanding the psychology mm. of, of a situation and how people respond to things mm. uh, in, in both an emotional and in a psychological sense, PTSD, understand the signs of that, understand signs of extreme stress, um, and then take measures mm. to protect your people, to protect your resources so that they are prepared. Uh, I don't sure. know if that, that helps, but empathy is huge. Yeah, it helps absolutely. in everything. Yeah, great points, great points, Thomas. Okay, let's talk on the same lines, uh, Thomas. I wanted to also ask you, which is pretty much 
challenging for me personally and for many people is handling a challenging situation right as a leader how do you stay composed and focused when facing significant challenges as a leader i mean you are at the center of the focus right i mean during a crisis uh, everybody is looking at you for an answer or uh, for whatever um, the the way forward uh, during the crisis so how do you how do you motivate yourself or how do you stay calm and composed during the significant challenge as a leader and what 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 you can share with everyone who is facing these type of issues in their uh, work sure uh so one thing is picture your picture the situation if you weren't there so yeah. you're there you're in it yeah. and someone's relying on you and if you weren't there they wouldn't have anyone to rely on so first off you're always bringing more into the situation than what would nor- what would happen if you weren't there Correct. and that should give you peace of mind that should take some pressure off saying i'm already succeeding by being there and then my composure in a situation is also something that you should take comfort in because when you walk into a situation you haven't even started doing anything yet mm. but your composure when you walk into a situation your composure when you uh, address that leader that's panicked that's saying what are we doing how are we going to do this and you know, we need to do that and I, i need you to it's, okay hold on a second <laughs> All right. yeah. So uh, again, that empathy yeah. comes into play. Uh, reading the room, you have mm. to stop and breathe, mm. and, and sometimes you get others to stop and breathe. Uh, <laughs> it's not a pause where you say, "Okay, time out," because you can't do a time out in a crisis. Uh, yes. It's really what, what is the most important thing we have to deal with right now. Let's deal with that first. Let's get to a point where we can pivot and turn mm. and take. uh 5 seconds to inhale before we exhale again <laughs> uh but be the confidence is in knowing that we are going to get through this together and really believing it mm. and then being passionate about it mm. be very passionate about what it is you're looking to achieve and what mm. you're looking to achieve is a successful outcome and what is a successful outcome it's going to vary but never will you hear me say we're looking for perfection. Mm. True because you you're not going to get it unless you define perfection as being the best you can be yes. at any particular time based on whatever it is that you have in your toolbox at that moment. Mm. Whatever energy that you have, whatever mm. capabilities that you have, mm. uh if you are always giving your best and you inspire your team to always give their best. Mm. then it calms the room true and and sometimes you have to say i can't handle this right now is there somebody that wants to take this if nobody wants to take this who is it that you recommend we mm. get can we pull someone else in because mm. i really need someone to focus on this right now because this is also a leadership priority mm. and then give it to people yeah. and give your trust in those people because experts are around you uh, that's kind of how Great point. Hopefully, it answers all facets of your question. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great points, Thomas. Before we move on to something else, I want to uh, ask one more question on the leadership before we pivot to something else on the team morale and cohesion. Right? How do you foster a sense of unity 
and solidarity within your team during the adversity and how important is the team morale and how you how do you keep up with it uh, you know during the crisis situation i mean we talked about empathy yeah you 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 can't show empathy without being present mm. and knowing your people a, a good leader knows their people a good leader okay. stays in tune with those people um when we look at a safety net if you don't maintain a safety net then when someone really needs a safety net mm. when they fall backwards uh if that safety net is not maintained mm. then it's going to fail you don't know when it's going to fail but it's going to fail so not only taking time during a time of adversity or during a time of annual reviews or one-on-one -on -one time to you need to be on point maintaining those relationships with your leadership team when it's not a crisis because that's maintaining the safety net that is stitching any of the of the, of the loose threads that is testing it for its strength for its um for its support uh, so maintenance makes the biggest difference and then you continue that yeah during during the actual crisis and you check in um i never ask anyone to do anything i wouldn't be willing to do myself exactly ever even if i'm not good at it yeah so if 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 we need 50 pcs set up with network cables and i know that and and, and um because the wi-fi is down and we need to hardwire whatever the case is cables need to be run things need to be set up tables need to be set up um i'm rolling up my sleeves yeah. why wouldn't i it's not what i'm going to stand around with a with a with a microphone and uh or a bell horn and say okay go over here and and i'm going to check in i'm going to say i need you to keep the schedule on these no I'm going to be rolling up sleeves saying I'll be there and such and such and I will help. Correct. We are never above a task. Correct. Superb. Superb points uh, on the leadership uh, Thomas great great insights that you have given us. I want to move our conversation now more on the organizational resiliency in enterprise architecture reviews, right? So how do you improve the organizational resiliency through enterprise architecture reviews and how do you align the enterprise architecture with the business objectives would you like to start any of these conversations well that's a, that's a bunch of uh <laughs> <laughs> so so first let's take a look at aligning objectives yeah uh there are tactical technologists and there mm -hmm. are strategic leaders within the technology space right strategic leaders need it in the technology space need to speak the language of the business. Mm. You, you you're once you're in a leadership role in technology you have two priorities. Mm. One priority is understanding the tempo and the needs of the business. Mm. And then the second priority is is your people. Super. And when I say second that doesn't mean your people are the second priority. It means that both of them yeah uh are required. And that is what your focus is. Mm. So um when we look at uh when we look at, at enterprise architecture mm -hmm. the leadership has to keep tabs on the tempo of the business on the pulse of the business and then communicate that to their folks the other thing is understand at a high level what types of 
controls need to be incorporated into your architecture reviews mm. to make it simpler for the chain. And when I say the chain is uh, when you're looking at uh, application architecture and infrastructure, yeah. uh, you're going to have information security reviews. You're going to have technology resilience or disaster recovery reviews. Mm. And why wait for those mm. reviews to say, okay, you need to change this or you need to change that. And work with those teams, mm -hmm. incorporate some of their controls in your processes so that mm. when you do your reviews, when you have a project management team, which I encourage the enterprise architecture team to work with the project management team and to work with these other teams to make sure that in any place where you can make a more efficient process, yeah, make a more efficient process and partner with these groups to help them mm. get their work done mm. at the same time where it's feasible. So if you know disaster recovery has to be incorporated into a solution, mm. then whether it's a cloud solution or an on-prem solution, well, make sure you put those kinds of questions or controls within your enterprise architecture framework in a place mm. where it doesn't require somebody else to say, oh, wait a second, you need to do this. No, put it as part of the, this is the foundation. These are the questions we ask. Mm. Um, and also make it simple. Yeah, It has to be simple. Maturity of process is not making something more complicated or asking for more detail. Mm. It's about taking really complicated things and making them as simple as possible mm. because you want your experts to focus on the problems. Mm. You don't want them to focus on the mundane tasks. Yeah. You want to try to eliminate as much as possible mm. and make it as simple as possible. You also don't want to have to always rely on the experts. Mm. So if you create processes that allow people who aren't experts hmm. to execute on those processes, then you reduce that load on your experts and you also provide a learning environment for someone else. Hmm. Yeah. And who, which, what leader do you know? What business leader do you know likes to be put in a situation where they have to ask for something in the technology space and have absolutely no idea what they're talking about? Yeah. And, and they have anxiety about that. No leader wants to be in a position, no manager wants to be in a position where yeah. they don't know what they're talking about and they have to talk about it. They have to ask a question. Mm. So you have to do it in a way where you've presented information, you've provided a mechanism mm -hmm. for people to ask questions, for people to approach concepts or topics mm. without feeling ignorant, mm. without feeling uh, like they might not look good or, or, or feel stupid in front mm. of other people. Mm. So applying simple things simply, uh, it, it helps people to be, become more engaged. It also helps to get to the point quicker. Mm. I wanted to ask you a basic question uh, to you, Thomas. Um, how do you define enterprise architecture? Like, are you talking with relation to um, an IT infrastructure or application architecture or the business resilience? Can you clarify a bit? Because lot of things were being said, but just to make my audience know exactly what we are talking about. Is it when we talk about the enterprise architecture, is it the IT architecture that you are just uh, defined how to do it? Or is it the business resilience side of it that we are talking about here? So I was just talking about the technology side okay. of enterprise architecture. Because when I think about enterprise architecture, it, it, that's a technology term. Of course. When I think about, if we're talking about business architecture, anything time you look at the business, when I think business resilience, when I mm. think operational resilience, correct. Uh, 
there's a technology component to it. Yes. And technology is ones and zeros. Yes. I mean, what makes technology better, what makes the processes, what makes the, the road smoother is when the process is simple enough so that business-minded individuals can request what they need, Absolutely. can do things in a way, can communicate uh, in a way where they don't feel threatened, they don't feel like they don't know something. Because you know darn well that the person down there working in the networking room, mm. they absolutely know everything about mm. IP addresses and servers and yeah. whatever the case. So on the business side, mm. designing for resilience, becoming resilient by design on the operational side is when you reduce your dependency on a business continuity program mm. in the traditional sense. What you don't want is you don't want to become dependent on mm. something like business continuity plans. Correct. So you want to be uh, strategically flexible. You want to be agile. And when we look at, at operating models right now, this is kind of where the critical thinking comes in. Correct. You can't teach someone to think critically. Yeah. But you can teach someone to approach a problem, to approach a situation, to approach their enterprise in a way that helps them determine how they want to set that enterprise up based on the goals of the enterprise. Yeah. So there is the business component, which I love talking about the business. <laughs> enterprise architecture, I have to tell you, on the technology side, it's interesting, but I'm not passionate about it. Yeah. Uh, it's it, because it changes so often. It is. I mean, it, we're talking about cloud. Now it's now AI. We don't know what's coming up next. So it keeps on changing, but the business challenges are all fairly and large. It's the same. So we can have those conversations in a very deeper focus. I completely agree with oh, you yeah. on that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, are you more interested in the technology or the business? Because the business is really where it's at and the technology <laughs> pieces will come and go and you will have technology as experts yeah. Yeah. that have their finger on the pulse that know that stuff in and out. And yeah. you just have to say, okay, so this is the business objective. What technology solutions, what new thing can can we use, yeah. can we leverage to get to that goal quicker? Absolutely. Got it. I wanted to ask, ask you something related, since again, this podcast is more on the resiliency side of uh, the uh, side of the business, right? So I wanted to ask you, Thomas, is that how do you integrate enterprise architecture and disaster recovery plans because you know i'm passionate about disaster recovery and uh, you know service continuity they call the term right so i wanted to ask you from your perspective like what are all the key factors that contribute to having a good enterprise architecture for having a robust disaster re recovery plans any thoughts on that well disaster recovery plans are they are tactical they are technical in nature uh, mm -hmm. When we look at our enterprise architecture, you're looking at the foundational elements of any solution. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have good core foundational guidelines mm -hmm. and controls in place within your enterprise architecture processes, then disaster recovery, for instance, um, becomes part of that design. Mm -hmm. and. Again, keeping your finger on the pulse of technology, you have technology experts that understand the latest and greatest. Uh, if they're good leaders, then they don't have an ego involved. True. And 
the ego is ego is a killer for technology leaders because you make a decision you're passionate about a project you're an expert in a particular technology a great example is uh is phone when ip when ip uh, telephony came out there were so many people that were used to legacy phone yeah. technologies they were experts in that and they were so resistant to ip telephony and they fought it and they made bad decisions and they took it as this nobody needs me anymore i can't believe this and people quit their jobs they get angry and i, th I thought wait a second whoa, 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 whoa. what has happened and this is for any technology leader is that when the business requirements outpace the technology that was designed to serve them at a particular time that is not a leader's fault correct don't take it personally if, sure you invested money and you had a project and you had a budget and you made the decision and guess what if we trust you as a leader it was the best decision that you made at that time based on the information that you had well guess what i'm giving you new information we need to pivot and turn what is it mm -hmm. going to take for us to get there and we move on Mm. We move on. Correct. Exactly. Well, Thomas, excellent information that you have shared with me on the enterprise architecture and resiliency. And I want to go into a very interesting conversation with you, which is my next phase in my podcast. It's called as Resilience Quick Fire. Right. So okay. it's pretty interesting. So I'm going to shoot you some questions. Uh, you can give me an instantaneous answers. Are you ready for it? All right, let's. All right, I'll do my best. Sure. <laughs> okay. My first resilience quick fire question to you, Thomas. Your favorite way to de-stress? Hmm. Um, yoga. Yoga. Oh, nice. Okay. Get up and move around. Yep. Stretch, breathe, and breathe. Yes. Breathe. Yes. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Yes, absolutely. Nice. The next one to you. Most inspiring book you have read on resilience? <laughs> um, it, uh, well, The Power of One. Power of One by any idea? Who is the author? Oh, okay. I'd have to forget. Uh, and I feel stupid for not knowing uh, That's the, okay. the, the writer. But um, fantastic book. Okay. Um, and it's 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 really about the power of one person uh, mm. overcoming adversity, understanding that every drop of water makes a stream, every stream flows into an ocean, and so there is no idea, there is no concept, there is no effort mm. that if it's done in with the the good intention, um, it will provide good results. Excellent, great. Um, your go-to mantra for staying positive. Get in the zone and stay there. When I say get in the zone, find something mm -hmm. that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and get excited about it. And then don't let anybody else rain mm -hmm. on your parade. Exactly. Okay. A role model who exemplifies resilience for you? Exemplifies resilience. Um, oh, wow. Let me just think about that. A role model. Um, Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I've actually never really thought of that. Mm. Um, Strange hmm. answer. Let's come back to that one. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you some time for you. Okay. The next one is one activity that always 
boost your resilience don't say yoga again i won't <laughs> uh, so what boosts my resilience um what well, personal resilience is uh is engagement hmm. uh, i like to be around people i like hmm. to engage with people uh servant leadership uh is 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 a huge component um True. again doing what not asking anyone to do uh, what you would do yourself but when when i'm able to serve others hmm. uh even when it's physically exhausting hmm. it is absolutely emotionally recharging hmm. uh it is it is so uplifting so powerful and i feel hmm. fantastic about it super. uh singing also does that for me yeah superb yeah next one your top <laughs> tip for maintaining work life balance during the tough phases stay uh, well you have to stay present again mm-hmm. i go back to staying present uh mm-hmm. work is work mm-hmm. and if you trust in your team mm-hmm. and you say all right there are 365 days in a year there are 24 hours in a day there are 7 days in a week um similar to golf mm-hmm. you're going to have holes in golf where you, you blow up <laughs> and instead of getting par you're four over or five over or it just sank to the next hole is the next hole mm. approach it and say okay each problem that you have you mm. approach it and say okay let's get through this one and then you get through knowing that the end goal mm. is to finish the round with the lowest score possible yeah exactly super okay what keeps you mentally strong during uncertain times example covid uh my wife yeah Probably. you know it, it's having that close personal engagement with someone um and then and then keeping your eye on the prize we looked at covid what was three years maybe yeah. yeah right yeah that's a drop in the bucket that's a drop in the bucket absolutely uh, i mean when you look at it at how many years um a variety of different countries have been under some type of duress serious duress mm. economic strife uh climate strife mm. uh whatever the type of adversity that they've endured we've we endure endure what so we have to do takeout mm. i mean um, in general mm. the world hasn't suffered in the way that i would say suffering was endured during world war 2 Mm. since world war 2 exactly i mean world war 1 world war 2 the crusade i mean we're talking about crusades we're talking about global suffering yeah and in the pandemic um it really wasn't yeah at that degree and so when you look at it and you say okay um i still have my what's about me i'm doing the best that i can i am engaging with people if i see somebody in need or i hear something an inflection in someone's voice i'll provide a little bit of extra cool. so the pandemic was always about being in present being present more often than ever than ever right. beyond screen beyond video it was a wonderful yeah. thing life is always a challenge thomas covid is as you tell as you told no it's just a drop in the ocean there are a lot of challenges one has to face and it has to be overcome absolutely you want to take the question that you passed role model or <laughs> a role <laughs> model for resilience yeah uh well uh 
Uh, and I have to look at, at, at Ukrainian people. Mm, agree. And and just say uh, how how their president has endured, mm. has become a leader, and 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 really uh, transcended uh, in in the face of of just terrible adversity. True. Is is remarkable. Absolutely. Uh, and. And, and really, um, I, I my heart breaks True. for the Ukrainian people. Um, and the lack of leadership mm. in so many areas outside uh, where we just were not present. And we're, I, I believe that the way that the political structure is today uh, is we are so disconnected with the humanity of True. things True. and we are so motivated mm. by the policies of a particular party to remain in some level of power that I think we miss the mark more often than not on addressing things like the type of domination some countries are trying to impose on others. Yeah, sure. But yes, so I would say, uh, and I don't want to butcher, butcher the president's name as, as Zelensky. Yeah, um, sure. So, I mean, that's, so when I think about resilience, I, I just look at that and I just say, wow. Well, well done, well done. Yeah. Wow. What a conversation uh, that we had, Thomas. Absolutely amazing. Um, to be honest, I was expecting something else and I had a blast of hearing talk to you and um, you know have these wonderful conversations you know what this motivates me to do this type of podcast right i see people from different places now i want to tell this live to my audience as well like, like I, i i i get to hear from people on a different perspective uh, their thought process right their way of thinking and what resilience means to them is completely different than what it is something different to someone else right i mean for me personally resilience is something different for you it is different and that's where this ideal way of understanding one's behavior in resilience comes into the picture and and my motto behind this podcast is to have these conversations like people like you and and you know come out and and show this to the world that you know we have different type of perspective different type of people that can engage and we can talk and share the knowledge across so thank you so much for being in my show uh, thomas before i end my podcast i just want to ask you if someone wants to take this conversations forward right with you what is the best medium to do it and how can they do it with you so they can contact me uh, through linkedin that's the easiest way uh, for people to get in touch with me um but uh make send a personal note yeah don't just say i'd like to connect yeah. um because I, i do get quite a few solicitations through linkedin um mm-hmm. also people can uh can contact me through um through my email at okay. abcdrglobal.com so it's tbowling@abcdrglobal.com uh but linkedin is that's everybody go to linkedin look me up uh if you could put a link in your podcast Absolutely. for uh, for me that would be great uh but uh If someone just has a question, great. Uh I am open to spreading knowledge. If I can help someone else succeed, then I'm going to do it. 
because that helps me sleep at night. Um, <laughs> you get paid for it, hey, that's always great. But the goal is not that. Success, I think, is doing the best that you can at the time and providing some assistance to someone else to succeed because that is true success. With that note, Thomas, we end this podcast. Lovely talking to you. It's been a pleasure having you in my podcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. See you then. Yes, sir. Take care.